Welcome to Our Next Existence by Katie and the Chorus. I'm Katie, former technology strategist turned reluctant spiritual medium, and I channel messages from the Chorus, a group of beings just beyond our sensory perceptions who are loving, expansive, and who greatly enjoy sharing their perspective of us. Join us each week as we share and discuss their ideas about humanity's existence, purpose, and future. Concepts you can draw from to accelerate your path, expand your perceptions, and ultimately step into the flow of the universe and your life. Welcome back, everybody. Or if you're new here, welcome. For those who are returning, you've probably caught on to the fact by now that each podcast each week tends to grow on the previous one. This is sort of turning into a 101 course on being human. So for those who are new here, welcome. So far, the course has covered the ideas of our consciousness and our mind, all of our beliefs and how that works. They gave us some examples of human beliefs. Then we took a, a sidebar last week to talk about how humans learn. And this week, we're continuing on the topic of energetic tools. We covered the first energetic tool, which is intuition, a couple weeks ago in episode six, I believe. And this week, we're going to continue with the energetic tool of inspiration. So also a point on housekeeping. For those who are interested on our website, I make a blog post for each podcast episode where I write up the excerpts. Having lived through conversations with the chorus a lot over the years, I have found that reading what they say can sometimes be very helpful, as well as writing it down yourself, sometimes even writing down quotes that are very powerful to you. And so we've also created a quote gallery where there are images of quotes per each episode, which might help as well. All right, and that's it. No preamble this week because I ramble enough on the back end. No, pre-ramble before the ramble, ramble. In the first part of the episode, you'll hear directly from the chorus themselves, and then afterwards we will discuss, meaning ramble. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a message from the chorus. Continue this discussion of your energetic tools, for intuition is but a basis, but a beginning for all the things that you are capable of perceiving. When we say the term energetic tools, really what we are pointing towards or suggesting are the parts of yourself that are able to perceive things that are on wavelengths that are slightly different than the wavelengths that are perceived by your five senses. There is no deficiency in your five senses. It is simply that they have been constructed to perceive only those wavelengths. There is still great value in what those five senses perceive, for in infinite creation, all frequencies are infinitely worthy and infinitely perfect. Thus, what you will find as you continue to expand is that these energetic tools will complement 
rather than replace what you are perceiving on your five senses. As you go forward, you may find at times that it is difficult to connect or to align the information that you are getting from one of these energetic tools and also what you are receiving on the five senses spectra. This is part of a transitionary phase in which you are learning how these things are collaborative and how they are actually indicative of a wholeness that you are coming to be able to perceive. The next energetic tool, which we would like to speak with you about, is inspiration. Inspiration is well known in your kind at this time. You have many concepts which relate to this thing, this feeling, this sensation that you recognize that you have. Inspiration seems to come in a moment, in a present moment, in which while doing something or thinking about something, a freshness, a type of invigorated, energetic awareness comes through to you, and you call these things inspirations. We would suggest that inspiration is not often so much about what to do about a thing, but is rather a reflection of the fact that you have vibrated over to a frequency that is slightly different or slightly more expansive than the frequency which you were on. The resultant manifestation is often an idea, is often an inkling or a suggestion to do something on the five senses spectra. We would suggest that you do not necessarily need to do anything to achieve that inspiration. Rather, what you have expanded outward towards is the frequency that you are already heading toward. What you have expanded outward to meet is the frequency that you are about to align to. It is a momentary stretching forward in time, you might say, were we to use your linear timeline concepts. If intuition is the thematic knowing of a moment, it's a larger, broader understanding of what you are vibrating with, then inspiration is the perception of that which is about to show up in your perception. When we say the term about, We understand that to a human, that may have very specific connotations in terms of your linear timeline. You may consider about as in less than a minute, less than an hour, less than a day, or less than a week. This will vary depending upon what it is that you have perceived in your inspiration. The inspiration may manifest for you in a matter of hours to days to weeks, or it could be months to years. These things are fluid. Rather, do not judge your ability to perceive inspiration based upon validation from the five senses spectra. 
What manifests on the five senses spectrum is always a more limited version of what that energy originally was, at least at this point in your timeline. Thus, what you are experiencing now in the sensations of inspiration is purely your ability to know where you are heading, to know what's coming next. Though the ideas may feel quite specific to you, you may feel inspired to do a very specific thing. Do not worry if that specific thing is not accomplished or is not manifested. The inspiration, as you begin to remain open to the sensation itself, will continue to manifest new and different ideas for you. You will be able to stay present in the inspiration and watch as it continues to evolve until the point that you can quite literally watch those things appear on the five senses spectra in front of you without needing to do hardly anything at all. Perhaps the greatest thing you will learn, beloved ones, as you become more acquainted with these energetic aspects of yourself is how effortless this all truly is. The illusion, the experience of limitation, of needing to do anything in your physical environments are all part of the experience that you constructed here. Thus, the more you feel relaxed, And at ease, the more you are allowing. The more you are allowing, the more you will perceive with greater clarity, with more awareness, these parts of yourself and what they are experiencing. And the more you experience those things, the more you will expand into them and understand them more and more. And as a result, those things will manifest more quickly, more easily, more fluidly. For you yourself will be in flow. We love you infinitely and we will speak with you soon. your hand if you've ever gotten angry. (laughs) Anywhere on the scale, from slightly annoyed to total rage, to hollering out your window at somebody on the road, screaming at your kid or your partner, any version of it. Come on, raise your hand. (laughs) Every human everywhere raises their hand. What is it about anger that is so part of our daily existences here, even despite our best efforts to not get angry? I know there are many of us out there who have tried so hard to not get angry. Especially with those we love most often, because You feel like you should love them. You should be more patient. You should be more tolerant. 
you should very softly point these things out or ask them to stop doing that. And then it builds and builds and builds until finally you just get angry. I read a quote by Dolly Parton recently. I have recently learned some more things about Dolly Parton. She's quite a phenomenal lady. And the quote is something to the effect of, I don't lose my temper, I use it. The chorus would agree. We haven't talked about emotions much yet, but we will, because these things are all related. And if you've been listening to the podcast over the last few weeks, you may be beginning to start to sense how much these things weave together. That humans, in attempting to learn something, as we spoke about last week, will break apart and categorize different things and scrutinize or look at those specific categories. We're used to doing this in terms of subjects at school. From the chorus's perspective, however, these things are all part of a whole, a complete understanding of what we are. And so though we have been doing in some ways what our human selves would prefer, which is to take a topic at a time. In actuality, these things are all very closely related. So we talk about consciousness, but consciousness is also related to the concept of our belief systems and mind. Some of our belief systems are also related to allowances and love and flowing energy and how that's prevented. Some of those things are also related to our energetic tools and what we're expanding into like intuition, which we covered two weeks ago, and like inspiration, which we're going to talk about today. And of course, related to all of these things is the human emotional spectrum, which is a way that we perceive the frequencies, the differences in the frequencies of disallowance that we experience here. To date, the chorus has mostly talked about the frequency of disallowance in a way to sort of simplify or unify what we're resonating with here. Another equally valid way of looking at it is that there are actually quite a few different strands in this rope that we're vibrating it on. If you imagine that there's sort of this one broad ribbon of light that we are all here resonating with, you could see within that ribbon of light smaller and finer threads. The way that we perceive the differences between those finer threads is our emotional spectrum. Now I'll pause there because we'll get into more and more about how our emotional spectrum works, why it's here, how we use it for the experience of being here and things like that. But for today's conversation, I feel like we can start with the emotion of anger. To a human, anger is something to be avoided. It's something to be stopped, or sometimes it's something to be let out in terms of punching a bag or a pillow or sort of screaming at the steering wheel or what have you. We understand that we take sort of dangerous and reprehensible actions when we follow our anger. So we don't, we don't really trust it. 
But then also there's been a growing understanding in recent decades about the need to sort of release the anger, that it's worse when we hold it inside, that it can build, that it sort of has an energy of its own. And if you don't listen to it or somehow release it, it can actually sort of build within you and cause other sorts of damage, you could say. So what is the energetic basis for anger? If you were to look at that emotion, that sense, that feeling, that awful feeling from the vantage point of the chorus, what do you think they would say? So already you've guessed correctly in that the chorus would probably love it and think it was perfect. (laughs) And they had told me that many times. And I always used to say, yeah, because you're not the one experiencing the anger. You don't know how this feels, in which they would always reply that we are energetically connected. And by their vantage point through me, that they do know exactly how it feels. And that always kind of softened it a little bit. Hearing that somebody really understands your anger, sees your anger, validates your anger, that your anger is right, sort of helps a little bit, doesn't it? And so then I said, okay, fine. Then what is this from your vantage point? What is it that I'm experiencing? And they said that anger is the emotion of becoming. I found this a little hard to understand in the beginning because I sort of thought, well, I don't think I want to become that. (laughs) I don't want to be Katie Rageface. I don't want to become my anger. But as we continued to talk about it, I sort of started to understand the energetic aspect of frequencies that I am perceiving by way of my anger. And that there's sort of a larger aspect to emotions that reflects to us what we are experiencing here in our belief system. And anger, most often, could be described as a friction between a path of sorts that is calling you forwards, that is calling you towards new things in your life, and then belief systems, ideas, obligations, guilts, responsibilities that are pulling you in the opposite direction, that are pulling you away from the thing that is calling you. And that sensation, that feeling of friction is what we call anger. That friction feels to us like being angry. Now, if you reflect on some moments in your life when you've been angry, this may start to click for you. And I'll give you a a few examples from my own life. One that is particularly resonant right now. (laughs) I am a parent and I get mad at my kid. I know it's shocking, right? We're not supposed to do that, are we? Parents are supposed to be infinitely loving and always patient. And we're supposed to be a model of behavior for our children. And even when they push all our buttons, when they tear apart their bed, 
when they take toilet water and wash the windows, when they, uh, when they knowingly get into things that we ask them not to, we should not get angry. We should simply explain to them what they did and how we feel. And we should show them the consequences of their action with a timeout or something like that. And it should all just go smoothly without any emotion, right? You tell me one parent who has not gotten angry at their child. If it's logical, if it's something that we can think about, then why is it so hard to do? Why is it that we can't just understand these concepts, that we can't just think to ourselves how a good parent should behave and be able to conform to that easily? What is it about anger that seems so out of our control at times that seems to well up from within us? that seems so difficult at times to get a handle on. I remember working with an engineer once. He was probably one of the more brilliant engineers on the team. And as brilliant people are often want to do, he had not a lot of patience for the rest of the world. It was difficult for him. He would be able to solve a problem really quickly. And then he would spend the next who knows how long explaining to other people his own solution. And inevitably, they would catch up. Inevitably, they would understand why he had solved it the way that he had. But quite frankly, if he didn't have to explain it to the rest of the team, he would be flying through these problems. And so understandably, every now and then, he would sort of just lose it. (laughs) I mean, like, slam down his computer, throw the whiteboard marker on the floor, yell at the people in the room, just so tired of having to explain things to him that are so easily understood, that are so obvious. And he'd rather just get on with the solution. And instead, he stands in meetings at the whiteboard explaining and explaining and explaining. Kind of maddening, right? So I don't know why, but we got along pretty well. (laughs) Maybe because I have my own temper issues. (laughs) So we would hang out sometimes. And at one point, his manager sent him to an anger management training. And he didn't tell anybody about it. I mean, I think for obvious reasons, right? Nobody wants to be known as someone who has anger issues. That's like, ooh, don't get near that person. They've got anger issues. Who knows what they'll do to you? Who knows when it'll fly out of nowhere, right? There's an avoidance. There's a rejection of anger. It's sort of built in to our belief systems. And in fact, there are vast amounts of unconscious beliefs that support that. And we'll talk about that in just a second. So he got sent to this anger management training. And uh, he came back and I had to go ask him something. So I was in his office and it was just the two of us. And so after I finished asking him all my questions, I was like, so what was the training like? What, What do they talk about? 
an anger management training. And he's like, well, actually, it was kind of interesting. He said that, you know, they taught us these different skills and how to listen to it and what it means and stuff like that. And then they taught us something to do to help with the anger. And I wish I knew the company that did it. I'm sorry that I don't. So I would love to give attribution where it is, but I'm not quite sure. It was years ago that we had this conversation. He said that the one trick that the training gave to people to sort of soothe their anger was to appreciate something, someone, something that they loved, to call up that idea or that image in their minds while they are feeling or starting to feel angry. And he even had a PowerPoint. They had shown some sort of neurological and psychological studies that supported this. And they had some sort of, I don't know, brain mapping technique. And they showed sort of a different activation in the lobes of the brain when someone is angry versus when someone is appreciative. And I told him, I was like, that's kind of profound. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really give it a lot of credence at first, but then through the week of the training, I think it kind of works. So let's look at that from the perspective of the course. If anger is the emotion of becoming, as they call it, meaning something is calling you forwards and there's all these obligations and all these shoulds that are pulling you in an opposite direction and the friction that you feel is anger, why would loving something in the middle of that help ease the sensations of anger that is the sensation of the friction. So let's pause on that for a second and pick up with what the chorus covered today, which was our second or next energetic tool or ability to perceive energy, which is inspiration. Now, inspiration from a human perspective, I feel, is often talked about in terms of being a signpost of what to do next. So I feel inspired too. It, it takes on the, t- the same affect as intuition where we say, I had an intuition. And we sort of talked about in episode six on intuition, how it's not an intuition, it's actually intuition. It is an ongoing or can be perceived to be ongoing thematic energetic understanding of things that are happening in your perception and around you. It is sort of this sense that spans outward from you in all directions. And so you have a sense of what's going on, sure, in the present moment, but then you also sort of get a sense of the things that are unfolding in your life because you have a broader energetic sense of yourself and what's happening. From the five senses standpoint, we often think about expanding our senses in terms of these days, this timeline that we're on. We think, okay, I would like to better know what's going to happen today or tomorrow or et cetera. And that's kind of as far as we go. 
intuition reaches further out into the underlying context of where your life is moving and weaving through. And so last week I said, you know, I got an intuition that at some point I would be starting to talk about these things that the chorus and I were discussing. And I didn't know why, and I didn't know how that would happen. But I felt that that was the direction in which I was heading. That was a perfect example of an intuition, meaning my sense of the frequency that I was on, my sense of the experience that I was expanding into had stretched beyond what my five senses were capable of perceiving. I did not know a time, a day, a way, an action, a how. I didn't know any of those things. It hadn't quite come down to that level. But my sense of what was happening around me, of where I was, had stretched further out. A human will say anytime that we've stretched further out that we know what's quote unquote coming. We will append it to our linear timeline and we will say, oh, straight shot from this moment to the next moment to the next moment to the next moment. So if I know what's coming, I just foretold the future. And intuition tells me what's coming in the future. And the chorus from their more more broad perspective of us and our frequencies is saying, no, you're just getting a broader sense of what you're vibrating with. You're getting a sense of what's coming in in the way that you're going to continue to move through these ideas of a linear timeline in your reality, sure. But also from our vantage point, that's kind of just where you're at. You haven't quite stretched even further to understand all the options available to you of what you might be heading toward. You're just getting a broader sense of what you're actually vibrating with. And because that's so new to humans, humans will say, oh, that must be ahead of me in time. And they're saying, no, you're just, you're just getting broader. You're just able to take in more about what you're vibrating with. And that frequency may unfold for you over a period of days or weeks or months. But in terms of the vastness of the infiniteness that you are, that's pretty much in line with what you're vibrating with. Now, inspiration from their vantage point is that next level of being further out. Inspiration is a rendezvous of sorts with your path of greatest expansion and what is coming to you by way of you expanding or perceiving that path. So before we go forward, let's define path of greatest expansion. Seems pretty straightforward, especially for those of us who have sort of been steeped in these spiritual new age concepts. But for those who might be new to this, we'll just give a brief description. So path of greatest expansion is sort of your path of greatest expansion. Sorry. No. Okay. So we'll think about this better. So your path of greatest expansion is the energetic expansiveness that all creation, that all life, that all beings are sort of on 
sort of are, sort of create purely by way of their existence. From the vantage point of the chorus, existence is expansive. All things in creation are by nature expansive because we are constantly creating. We are constantly by way of our own existence bringing in and transforming energy and creating it. These concepts are pretty nebulous to a human because we're talking about things that are completely off our game. They are completely of broader frequencies and perspectives. And so to narrow these things down into specific squeaks and whistles in our languages is very specific indeed. But for the moment, just take it as the idea of creation is always expanding. And so you could call that a path. If you think of it very, very broadly and and very, very wide, right? So we are all always expanding. So it is your sense of your own expansion. So for inspiration to be able to reach that, to be able to tell us that direction is pretty freaking cool because That is the way that you can move in your life to sort of step into that flow. It's a conscious experience of saying, I feel an inspiration. Inspiration is telling me where the path of greatest expansion is calling me. And if I move in that direction, I feel the difference. I feel flow. I know what that is. It's a powerful thing, isn't it? To get an inspiration, which is typically kind of out of nowhere. Inspirations tend to feel like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. I would love that. It happens before any judgments have really been applied to it. It sort of sneaks in, doesn't it? You feel inspired to do something. And it's not until you think about it. It's not until you start to evaluate whether or not it could happen that it sort of changes. It sort of slows down. It can even get torturous because you really want to do it, but then you've got all these reasons that you can't or you shouldn't. But the inspiration itself is fresh and energizing and awesome. A little bit outside the bounds of the rules of the game. Inspirations don't obey the rules of time. They show up whenever they damn well please. (laughs) Sometimes when you're driving in your car and you're like, oh God, not now. I don't have my notebook. I can't write this down, right? Inspirations don't really follow logic, right? An inspiration will show up. I want to move to Hawaii. Oh, it feels so good until you're like, how the hell am I going to move to Hawaii? Right? Inspirations are expansive because you are literally vibrating with a frequency that is further outside of the limitations that we perceive here on these frequencies. And inspiration is telling you that path of expansion that's out there waiting for you and what's coming. Oh, and that flow feels amazing. And it takes the form of an idea for 
your music or your book or your meeting or your project or your invention, it takes the idea form. But really, regardless of the form it takes, you are sensing your own expansiveness. And that is quite an accomplishment. So how would inspiration relate to anger? These things seem a little different, don't they? Inspiration is sort of free-flowing and awesome and outside the bounds of time and logic and just flies right in. And anger, well, anger is sort of human and we try not to be that. We don't want to be rage-faced all the time. Who wants to be that? Doesn't even feel good, right? Feels like friction. Feels like being torn in two directions at once. Feels awful. But first, I have a question for you. If anger is a friction, if it's a being pulled in two directions... Do you think you could feel angry if you were unable to perceive the part of you that is calling you forward? Or alternately, do you think you could feel angry? Do you could sense this perception of a friction if you could not perceive the belief systems, the shoulds, the obligations, the things that are pulling you in the other direction? So anger is very specifically and almost very miraculously this particular sense of both at the same time. And if you've been listening to us for the last several episodes, you know that we tend to talk about the both all the time. That awakening, expansion from a point of great limitation and consciously doing it, is the experience of sensing and of perceiving both the limited belief systems and existence that we've had here while also awakening to and experiencing the more expansive parts of ourself. So if that's awakening, and that's what we're all doing right now, experiencing both parts of ourselves, And anger is the sense of a friction, of a being torn, of a feeling the pull to go forward, but then turning away from that forward direction and instead trying to conform to and meet all of the beliefs about shoulds and needs to and can'ts. If that's what it is right now, Wouldn't it kind of make sense if humanity as a whole is experiencing a lot of anger right now? Because awakening is experiencing all of this and anger is sort of just a subset where we feel torn between those two things. In fact, wouldn't it be kind of impossible to not feel anger through this transitionary phase as we're getting acquainted with these two parts of ourselves, as we're understanding that they're there 
as we're learning how to choose between one and the other and what that feels like, as we're learning to release some of our obligations and shoulds and beliefs, we're learning to soften our attachment to those things and instead give ourselves more permission to follow those expansive and inspired ideas. There was a time, a long time actually, when we did not have the conscious perception of inspiration. Though it may seem like it's totally a part of humans and what we do, and that every now and then we catch the whiff of these things that feel so inspired. Inspiration is actually very clearly a demonstration of our awakening that you can even perceive, regardless of what idea form it takes, that you can perceive that sensation of flow and freedom in an inspiration means that you have already expanded far enough off the game beyond our limited belief systems to reach those frequencies to reach most directly the conscious experience of feeling your own path of greatest expansion. And we didn't feel inspirations for a long time because that was our objective. That was our goal and that was our desire. To cut ourselves off from something that is so fundamental to all creation everywhere, to sense the expansion of creation. It's sort of like an inseparable aspect of everything that is. And so humanity said, we're going to give ourselves an experience of great limitation. And we're going to do that out of love. We feel an intuition. We feel an inspiration to follow these frequencies that we're on into an experience of great limitation. And we trust that by way of this choice, we will continue to expand. We will grow in our understanding of ourselves and of creation itself. And so for a long time, While we've been here, we have not been able to perceive our inspirations. We were, quite simply, driven in our existence by the dynamic action of all the belief systems, all the many beliefs that we manifested by way of vibrating with these frequencies. Things that narrowed down our perception of the entire universe into five little senses. And now we're awakening. And as part of that, we feel intuitions. We feel these knowings, which is a broader perception of the frequencies that we're on. And every now and then, we perceive inspirations, which is a straight shot 
from the frequencies of our paths of greatest expansion all the way down into our perspective from being a game piece from our five senses standpoint. Somehow we make it all the way down to this and we say, oh, I just got the best inspiration. So is anger necessarily a bad thing? Or is it kind of an extraordinary characteristic of what humanity is currently transitioning through on our path of awakening? And every time you see someone experiencing anger, could you not also say to yourself, whoa, that person is perceiving right now both things. Their path of greatest expansion, which is calling them forwards, and also the utmost of the limitations of their belief systems and they're trying to follow what their beliefs have always told them to do because that worked for millennia while we were here is what we did. We believed a thing, we followed a thing. We believed a thing, we followed a thing in an extraordinary ongoing cycle of limitation. But now there's a wrench in the machine. Now there's a hiccup in the flow. That person is feeling a new direction and a new calling and a new desire and new inspirations which feel wonderful and they really wish they could go in that direction. But these other things are pulling them in an opposite direction and they are so frustrated. So going back to my friend, the angry engineer. (laughs) He's kind of extraordinary, isn't he? You might see a very cerebral, intelligent person just having a short fuse for all the idiots in the room with him, right? You could sum it up to that. Or from a different vantage point, now you know. He was expanding. He was having expansive experiences all the time in terms of becoming more and more acquainted with his own genius, with his own unique talents, with his own skill sets, with more and more inspirations that were flying to him about what he could build and what he could create. But then he had all these beliefs that he works with other people, that he works on teams, that you need to build things with other humans, that on and on and on. He wants to be a good employee. He wants to keep his job. I mean, belief after belief after belief after belief. And so when he stood in that room with all those people and he's at the whiteboard and he's trying to explain it and trying to explain it and finally he just can't handle it anymore and he loses his temper and throws the marker on the ground. Is that a dude with anger problems who needs to learn how to be more patient with people around him who are trying to understand what he means? Yeah. But also, is that a person who is having a hard time balancing this new and growing understanding, this new and growing perception of things that are calling him forward 
and things that are telling him what he has to do. Last week, we started to talk about this idea of allowance and love and trust more deeply, that essentially love, the sensation of love, what we call love energetically, is a momentary cessation, you could say, in participation in our belief systems of limitation. It's a momentary sort of pause where there's no judging, there's no thinking, there's no analyzing. You're just sort of in love. And all these things flow to you and it just feels great. Love feels amazing, doesn't it? It's like a high when you're truly in love with something. That something is just great. The world is great. You are great. (laughs) Just feels great. And so when he went to that training, that anger management training, and they showed all of these lobes of the human brain and what fires and what doesn't when we're angry, and they said, look what happens. Look what happens when you appreciate. The other lobes where the anger sits. (laughs) quiet. And these other parts of your brain fire up. And so what you can muster, what you can feel, I guess, in that anger moment, if you can choose something to love, remember, not appreciate, not find something pleasing, as we talked about last week. That's different. That's judgments. But if you can Seek out that unconditional love sensation. Really what he was doing was softening the activation of all those shoulds and obligations and responsibilities and fears of getting fired if he was an angry manager. All those things soften. And in that moment of softening, you very naturally flow in your direction of expansion. And so the anger diminishes because the friction has diminished. And so your sensation of that friction, which is anger, also softens. Friends, for a little while longer, there's going to be a lot of pissed off people in the world. (laughs) It ain't over yet. Because there are a lot of people who are awakening. There are so, so many millions who are feeling more and more each day, this voice growing within them, these desires that they have to be different to be unique, to create things, to achieve things. And in the process of that, they are awakening at the same time to all the beliefs, so many beliefs that all of us have created here to limit ourselves and limit our perceptions of these things. And so in that moment, in those moments of realizing that these two things exist, 
sometimes we are doing it from the perspective of the game piece that is active and alive in those belief systems. And that very unique, very extraordinary experience of viewing the infinite from the perspective of a limited game piece is both expansive and powerful and a very unique friction. And that friction feels like anger. But what we will come to, what we are all coming to, is an awakening to our choice in this, to our choice to either continue to participate in the game and the belief system, should we wish, should we wish to continue the experience of limitation? And some will. Some aren't done yet. Some are really having a great time in expanding through these experiences of limitation. Or many of us will awaken to the choice that you can release those belief systems. You don't need to destroy them. You don't need to smash them to bits. You don't need to rewrite them all and re-engineer them all into something else. Because that can be a pretty frustrating experience, can't it? Your path of greatest expansion calls you forward and it is as simple as that. You move forward. The Chorus said this today in their message when they pointed out how effortless these things can be. That your energetic tools are not pointing out more things that you need to tackle or disavow or disallow. That simply by awakening to this sensation, this direction, these inspirations, if you just move ever so softly in their direction, more things manifest around you that are allowing, that are inspired. So the next time you feel angry, And the next time you're so frustrated with that person or that thing or this work project you got to get done or all this stuff you always feel like you're responsible for and you don't want to be responsible for it anymore, just take a moment and reach for that feeling of unconditional love. And you'll say, how the hell am I supposed to feel unconditional love in the middle of feeling rage? It's so simple. Simply by reaching for the sensation of unconditional love, you achieve it. It's our beliefs that tell us there has to be something that manifests around us to prove that we did it and we don't. That's another fantastic belief of limitation. It really is that effortless. It really is that simple. And the more you try it, the more your experiences will give you more and more and more sensations of that. 
But in the beginning, simply taking a deep breath and giving yourself permission to not need to do those things is unconditional love. You're loving yourself. You're loving what you're going through, meaning you're allowing the experience of anger. You're allowing it to be what it is meant to be, which is a conscious experience of friction between the two directions that you are now becoming aware of vibrating with. Anger is purposeful. Anger is special. And anger is an extraordinary demonstration of the fact that you are already expanding and awakening and well on your way. Sometimes we're going to look out at the world and be like, oh man, people are so pissed off right now. And that'll feel kind of hard and heavy and maybe a little scary. And that's the perspective from within the game. And then other times you can look out at the world at all the angry people and say, look how many of them are awakening. Look how many of them are becoming aware of these things that they that they want, that they're inspired to do. Look at all these ideas they have for what they want in their life. And they're feeling it. I promise we won't be mad for forever. (laughs) Humanity is not destined to be a race of permanently pissed off people. And if one day we meet and you say, Katie... I've got some real anger issues. I'll be like, yeah, me too. And that's awesome. so much for listening. We hope you found these messages to be helpful. May they accelerate you on your path wherever you'd like it to go. For more information, check out our website at katieandthechorus.com. There you will find show quotes, episode transcripts, details on our book, The Book of Human Awakening, as well as our newsletter sign up. Visit katieandthechorus.com. Thanks again. See you next time.